listening to another hope-filled message from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifeau.org. Oh, it's, it's awesome to be together, and um, and it's been amazing to be a part of what God is doing. It, uh, if you weren't uh, aware, last weekend, as we have for the last six years, have sort of taken the opportunity while we can. Uh, within the, the, I guess, the dynamic that we have is, is to try and get away and have some time just where we retreat from the normalities and just get into God's presence in a big way and just have time together as friends and, and make new friends, etc. But really is allow God room. Who knows that when you give God room, He can move. If you give Him room, He, he, is, he then all of a sudden can unlock things and speak things and do things and reveal stuff and and we had an amazing time together, and, um, and then last Sunday night, we were back together. If you weren't able to be here, please, I'd just say from the very start that please do not think that you may be on the outside, that maybe you've missed out on something. Yes, what God did was sovereign. It was absolutely incredible, but it is not for a selected few. Our God is not a God who selects moments that then just ceases to go, well, as Talia said, I'm sorry, but I'm going to distance myself now because you weren't there. But I believe we have a God that wants to unfold continually what He has started, I I've declared this word new normal over what's been taking place that uh, we will continue to just increasingly see moments where God is going to pour out in ways we just can't contain, that we just the left going, my gosh, what was that? How amazing was that? And, and so I thought it'd be cool for us to, um, to actually take a moment to uh, get one of our amazing uh, guys from here to just share a testimony in regards to what retreat was like and it was their first retreat and just what God did and so I'd love you to put your hands together for a guy I absolutely admire and his name is Aiden and so uh, please put your hands together for Aiden as he comes awesome thank you so much what's up what's up what's up is you're wearing shorts and I feel jealous right now oh my gosh Anyone get that? Like you wear like boardies or shorts all summer and then all of a sudden you've got to put like the restrictors of pants back. Like, I mean, long pants, not any pant, but just <laughs> put the, the extension on. I'm a pants fan. I actually don't like wearing shorts because it's hot. I would trade. All right, let's What size are now. you? <laughs> <laughs> There's a big black curtain. We could do it. No one would know. It would be amazing. Maybe we should just do a moment where like, you know, just for a moment, let God speak. Close your eyes. And then all of a sudden, just like a miracle... My name is Clark, Clark Kent, so it's pretty amazing what can happen. But, but uh, Aiden, for you um, and your amazing wife, Elise, you guys are a great part of the, the team here and, and the family of life. But uh, Retreat was, uh, I guess, your first time to go to camp and to be a part of that. And so I just thought it would be cool for you just to, I guess, share just a little bit of the experience and maybe even the journey to get to, to Retreat and then just what God did in that it would be awesome. Yeah, totally. Um, so, hey, everyone, I mean, um, yeah, so Elise and I have been coming to life for about, Nearly a year now, which is crazy. It's flown by. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, you know, retreat was coming up and Elise and I were like, yeah, we're totally, totally keen to go. We came just after the last year's one, so we just missed out. Um, but yeah, we were super keen um, and really expectant for, you know, like just a spiritual breakthrough for both of us, you know. Wow. Um, yeah, it was, we were expecting like, you know, Holy Spirit to move in both of us, you know. Elise and I have been Christians for a long time, but... Um, yeah. You know, we really had a sense that God was doing something right. in that moment. Um, but, yeah, like, leading up to it, um, some of you might know this story already, but... Uh, so, I'm a, I'm a DJ, if anyone knows. Um, and I had a gig uh, offer come up on, like, the week, a week or two before 
uh, retreat, and it was uh, it was a gig on the Sunday, which was going to be the third day of retreat, um, just towards the end of it. Yeah. And yeah, I was like super stoked because it was like a really big DJ, like I look up to and um, big fan of. Um, I'd be opening for him and opening for them. Sorry, and um, yeah, I was so good at the opportunity, but I kind of told Elise about it. I'm like, oh man, like what do I do? And then we just we're like, you know, we really need to seek God of this. And yeah, it was one of those things where we I prayed for a long time about it, and then. God was just like, you know, he was really leaving it up. Like, you know, I, I'm going to bless this in whatever way it goes. You know, right. it wasn't like a clear yes or no. I sought some um, wisdom from some of my friends, from uh, Micah, who's not here, and then from Calvin. And Yeah, ultimately, I like felt like God was going to really use retreat. And yeah. I think he, like, even though he left that decision to me in the moment, I was like, you know, this is really what I'm expecting. Yeah. And then, yeah, like... Even though I was serving, like, a, a majority of the time, like, the Saturday night was just incredible. Right. Like, and we ended up going and just had, like, an encounter that I'd never had before with yeah. God. Like, um, you know, previous, like, to be, to be blunt, like, previously I'd been quite cynical about, like, a lot of, I guess, you know, Holy Spirit things. And, like, right. that was just all broken down. Like, right. I, you know, I was, you know, praying in the language of the Holy Spirit and just... Amazing. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to break out in five minutes if you're here this morning and, like, start preaching to you like Richard. But, uh, yeah, um, that was a, that's a whole other story. But, yeah, like, it was an amazing, incredible experience. And it's just one of those things, like, like you are saying, like, but it's not just in that moment. It continues. Yeah, great. And, you know, the, it was just the whole weekend was amazing. It's just about connecting and, and, you know, growing not just in yourself but with each other and yeah. encouraging one another and everyone being in that environment, like, just incredible. Yeah. Amazing, yeah. So good. That's awesome. Yeah. Well done, man. Thank you for sharing yeah. and opening up your, your journey. And I guess, you know, am I right in, in what I heard um, in regards to just that opportunity within the area of DJing and stuff like that, then God honoured that and has opened up another door. Yeah, so it was funny, like about five days after that opportunity, I'd said no, because um, I decided to go to retreat. Um, one of my other friends who, who runs events was also having like a relatively big show, and then he asked me to play, and it was like probably even a bigger opportunity, um, opening for like a lineup of internationals, so it was like, yeah, one of those things, I think God has like a sense of humour, it's like, yeah. you know, like you think you're going to sacrifice so much now, and it is. But at the same time, God doesn't. God sees that, and He honors yeah. it. And he, yeah, it was just one of those moments where you're like, "Wow, that that could not have been anything else. That could yeah. not have been anything else." You know? Yeah. So good. Yeah. yeah, that little cheeky grin that he's got. Eh? just like, <laughs> like, God, oh, man, you you got me. You got me good there. You did me well. Got him. So, just extending on for that because we're obviously as a as a as a church, it's just exciting to see what God's doing. Um, you know, the amazing people He's bringing into it, and just the areas of expansion. If you haven't heard yet. Um, we're multiplying our morning services as of the 1st of March, and we're going to have a 9 a.m., 11 a.m., and then obviously continue with this great uh, community here at 5.30. But you've always had a heart to say, look, we're not just here to turn up. We're here to be able to contribute what's in our heart and what God's put in our hand. And so, you know, what's, what's I guess, you know, in that regard, how much do you feel like, I'm not sure what I'm exactly trying to ask, um, but in the sense of, like, why, like, why is that? Why do you go, okay, this isn't just somewhere we attend, but this is something we invest ourselves into. Why do we bring, you know, who you are and your passions and everything into it? Yeah, I think, like, it's amazing. Like, first of all, it's amazing that we have a church that has so many moving parts, that there's so many opportunities to be involved, and that's just a blessing. Like, you know, like, I, I serve on, like, audio front of house, and, you know, like, 
some churches you might have never had that opportunity, but there's just so many cool ways you can get involved. But like you can come to church and that's fine. But one thing that was that was convicting for me, especially, I guess, was, you know, like not a, it, you just get so ingrained into, into the DNA of the church and it becomes like, how am I, what am I trying to say? Like, I think you just, it, it, your, your roots go deep when you yeah. do that and it's like you're rooting yourself in the family of, of the church and, um, you know, there's no better feeling than having a, a great group of people around you guys and just being able to serve alongside them and yeah. help grow what you're a part of. Like, it, it just, I think it takes things to another level for, like, and... Yeah, for not not just for me, for recent now I like serving in different areas. It's been incredible. Um, so good. So yeah, it's yeah, would highly recommend. Yeah, next steps. That's yeah. brilliant. I highly recommend next steps. Next steps. <laughs> I felt like Talia just slipped your twenty right there. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I agree. I agree. Honestly, if you have not yet done next steps. It's not about saying, oh, I've gone now, then I have to do something. It's about getting yourself, again, closer to understanding and, again, the clarity of what, what are we about? What's the vision we carry? What are we doing as a church called Life and the mission that we carry? And, uh, and then unlocking who you are, discovering what it is that God's put on the inside of you. And I love it because the Bible does clearly say that, uh, you know, those who plant themselves in the house of the Lord, those who put their roots down, there's a flourishing. And it's very evident to see God flourishing in your life, expanding who He is in your world. And... Uh, Thanks so much, eh, just for sharing and opening up. Come on, can we give Aiden a great hand? It's awesome. Well done, mate. I just want to, um, you know, I, I want to just I, basically just say that um, there's something desperate within me that just doesn't want us to identify what God is doing at the moment as a season or as a weekend or as a title of an event but really to start to grab hold of. This is the culture of the church that we want to continually step into, and that is just hungry and open and ready for the God's leading and Holy Spirit's moving. And, uh, and that people on that journey, whether it be the first time hearing about it or whether they've been in church for a long time, but never really immerse themselves into the opportunity for God to really saturate and to flow in power through their lives, that these are going to be like, like common occurrences common occurrences. And so, uh, so tonight I'd love just to share, and I'm going to try and change it up a little bit from this morning in a sense of how I deliver it, but I do have a heart that at the end that we would have a time of worship. And, um, and I just want to say that uh, from this moment forward in all of our services, the altars are open. The altars are open in the sense of, I believe something happens powerfully in us when we respond to God's leading. When He says, come on, I want you to step out. I, want you to, I just want you to just pursue me that little bit beyond what's easy and what's comfortable. It can be so easy to stand in our seat and just watch from a distance and not saying that we are watchers. I know that we have a real heart of worship. And I'm so proud to be a part of a community that really genuinely loves seeking God. I honestly do. But there's moments in me that I know that God has said, would you get out of where you currently are positioned and would you seek me for something fresh? And there's been moments I've walked down onto altars where nobody has been invited and everybody can see you. But I know that is as awkward as that feels in the natural, something in the supernatural is actually expanding and having a fresh touch on it that says, who cares what they see and what they say? For my relationship with Him and what He's doing is far more important far greater, but often we find ourselves succumb to what is the opinion of others rather than, God, what is the desire of your heart? Because the desire of his heart, if he's calling us to step out, 
if he's calling us and he's desiring, or if it's just in your heart just to say, you know what, I just feel like bringing something fresh. I want to go, I'm just going to go the front and jump and praise and, and bring, then I'm just saying the altars are open. The altars are open. Please, I want us to be a church. I want us to be a group of people that are just willing to respond. First responders, first responders. All right, we've got to be, we've got to be quick, but I, I pray that you capture the heart through all of this. But Ephesians 3, 17 to 19, we based a lot of Saturday out of this in regards to retreat from the things that I shared. But it says, this is Paul speaking, uh, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the height, the depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. That means we can, we can never stop seeking after it. You, don't, you never get, never, never stop seeking after the love of God. Never stop pursuing the love of God. Because as good as it was last time, there's something more. There's something fresh He wants to do. There's something He wants to posit. But then it says that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Um, off the back of retreat, I have to say that literally in my head, if you were hearing what I'm hearing, all I'm hearing is faithful. 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 Craig, I want you full of faith. I want you to be faithful. I don't want you just to have faith because who knows, we were never designed to have faith for just a decision, but actually faith for a life that we're called to live in Christ, through Christ, and to live faithful, all right? Not live faith just enough, not live faith. That's probably good if I compare that to somebody else. Comparison is not the key here. The key here is for us to live in a place of God's fullness in us. What an amazing thing that you would know the fullness of God. That just super exceeds anything or idea or whatever you've experienced before. God's saying, I want to pour in more. I want to pour in more. I want to do more. Faithful. 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 Live full of faith. And so really basically, but I think if we could put these things into practice or make them filters from which we live with, I think they would help us to be in a posture of living faithful. Number one is that we would live with gratitude. That we would be a group, that we would be a church that constantly is grateful. Constantly grateful. That we would never take for granted what God is doing. That we would never get flippant or familiar with the wonder of how He's just sovereignly doing what only He can do. The way that He is mending hearts. The way that He is breaking off things that have limited people. Man, there's been people who have walked in who you couldn't even make eye contact with who now are people who walk in and bring life to a room they're just amazing as God transforms and breathes who He is and brings His fullness into the heart. But we must remain grateful. Must remain grateful. I've been reading the book called Shoe Dog, which is by Phil Knight, who is the founder of the brand Nike. And uh, he says this towards the end. He says, The most vital of all emotions after love is gratitude. The most vital of all emotions... Because I believe if we're not grateful, then what we're going to do is we're going to stifle. If we're not grateful, we're going to stifle what God is doing. We're going to stifle the things in our life. We're going to stifle our marriages. We're going to stifle the, 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 the key relationships that we have. Why? Because we don't show the gratitude towards them that they deserve. And we become familiar with it, flippant with it. And all of a sudden, we lose that wonder of what has been a gift and a real precious area in our lives. I love this. Gratitude fights off apathy familiarity or complacency. Gratitude doesn't take things for granted. Gratitude keeps us humble. Gratitude keeps it fresh. Gratitude enables ongoing expectation. Gratitude makes the most of every moment. 
Gratitude brings joy to the giver. I thought about that in my own life when there's been moments I've done something maybe for our kids. And, um, you know, and they just kind of have an expectation that you just do nice stuff because you're dad. That's what you do. And, but there's nothing like when they turn around and go, Dad, that's amazing. Thank you so much. There's something that brings a joy, a recipient joy. Now, it's a joy to do what I'm doing. But when they say thank you, when they go, oh, and Hope says, you're the best dad in the world. This is the best day of my life. She often uses that line. I'm like, really? I just made you toast. You know, like, oh, you're so easy to be pleased. But she's so grateful. And it brings a joy into my heart that just says, oh, I'll butter your toast anytime, babe. Like, gratefulness does so much. It keeps us founded in the fact, listen to this, that we don't deserve this. Man, should we ever, God forbid, walk into these rules and have some sort of eye of, of, of I guess, like, you know, oh, it doesn't sound good enough today. Oh, you know, they didn't really help me to my seat today. Oh, they didn't really welcome me today. I kind of walked through and the people I thought should have, oh, they didn't really do that. We would become so, you know, like we could become all of a sudden we think that we have the right just to be like, you know, entitled to these things. But gratitude removes all of that. Gratitude just says, it's so good to be here. What an amazing honor to be in a nation where we can freely declare that we are Christians, that we are Christ followers, that we can have that banner waving over our lives. What a blessing to have a car to be able to drive here. What a blessing that the petrol prices have slowed down and they're staying where they are. What a blessing. We're grateful. We're grateful. Grateful. Grateful keeps, his, keeps praise ever present. Gratitude retains wonder. I'm amazed that God would even presence himself with us, let alone use us to bring his presence to others. Wow. Wow. What an honor. What a privilege. We've got to be grateful. If I believe we live grateful, I believe we will live faith. Full. It was the leper, it was the, one of the 10 lepers who came back and said, thank you. Jesus said, where are the nine? Where, where are the nine? Like, where are the other nine? You're the only one that wants to say thank you. You've been given a, a, a deadly diagnosis, has been removed from your life. And only one comes and says, thank you. And he says, then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. He attributed gratitude to faith. Come on, when we live with gratefulness, I believe we live with an increased faithfulness. Is that cool? Number two, if we're going to stay faithful, then we need to be faithful. Yeah, I know it's the same word, but it's different. All right? When, no, where, where, and where. Same word, but different, right? Like faithful and faithful. Is that right? Where? It's the one that's where, right? W-E-R-E, W-E-I-R, and... E-I-I-I-E-R, where? 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 Should have stopped when I was ahead of the game, eh? Really should have stopped. All right. Good thing we can edit tapes and see Tapes? Cassettes? Good thing we can edit Morse code. Good thing we can edit smoke signals. Just going back in time. Faithful. Faithful. Words for faithful are constant, dependable, reliable, unswerving, regular. Come on, are we Are we faithful? Are we faithful with what God's put in our hand? Are we consistent in our attendance? Or do we look at the Sunday and go, oh man, I was expecting, I was going to go, but you know, this came up and that came up and it's a really nice day. I'd rather stay at the beach or it's kind of cold now. It's a bit wet. Oh, rain. Oh, don't really want to go and get wet from the car park to the entrance. Are we consistent? 
Are we consistent? Are we faithful? Come on, and being God's house, being planted in His house, being in a position where, come on, we can flourish in the courts of His God, our God. You know, it says that global stats that if you're in church one every three weeks, that that makes you somebody who is regular. I'm just saying that's not regular. Let's just change that stat. We're a stat-changing church. We're, uh, we're, that's not, no, I believe. Now, I'm not religious and rigid, but come on. If we're saying one every three is good enough for us to feel like we're building strong connections, feel like we're connected in the unifying of the body of believers, I'd say then we're missing out on what God really wants to do in you and wants to do through you. Dependable. Come on, are we dependable? When, on, when God wants to work through us and in us, are we dependable that He can rely on us to be able to fulfill what He puts in our heart to do? Are we reliable in the way that we live our daily lives? Come on, are we reliable? Come on, in the areas of integrity and character, are we reliable? Come on, that when people see us, they, they, our yes is yes and our no is no. There's a reliability in who we are. Come on, that, uh, that who we represent, we represent well. Now, I'm not saying that we don't make mistakes, but let's be reliable. Come on, let's be faithful with the name that we carry, with the cause that we're living for. Unswerving, unswerving. <laughs> I was going to say, unlike Nadia's driving, unswerving, <laughs> unswerving. That's only because she's going so fast and overtaking everyone. Unswerving in our trust of Him. Unswerving in our trust of Him. I love what Luke said, what he shared. There was a moment that my life would want to swerve, but as a couple, we decided we need to hear from Him. And He enabled the foundations to be... We will be shaken, but our foundations don't. Come on, we want to be people who in the, the shake remain secure. It's unswerving and regular. Come on, regular in our prayer, regular in our devotion of worship, regular, come on, in the areas of the foundations of our faith. Let's be regular. Come on, regular in the area of giving. Come on, regular in the area of offerings. When was the last time you just said, God, is there an offering you want me to bring? You know, and you go, oh, okay, so you want us to, no, I'm just saying in, in any area, when was the last time you were on a checkout line and you just had the, God said, I, I want you to offer to cover their groceries. I want you to offer to pay for that person's coffee. I want you to offer to just give something to that uni student who you know they don't have a whole lot. Just, you know, when was the next last time we had an ear for the ability to be regular with our offerings? Come on, God wants to speak in us and he wants to move through us. Third thing is unquenchable. If we want to stay faithful, then we need to be unquenchable. Unquenchable. What does that mean? It just means we want more. I just always want more. Basically, I have the saying that I've had for a long time is that I'm stoked. I'm incredibly grateful. I'm absolutely blown away. I'm in awe of the goodness of God. I'm stoked, but at the same time, I'm not satisfied. I'm not going to park my life there and say, that's enough. That's enough. No, I'm stoked, but I'm not yet satisfied. I'm still going to believe for more. I'm stoked that this last 12 months, we saw 80% more people make a first-time decision for Jesus than we did the year before. I'm stoked. I'm blown away. That's people rescued out of a place of lost eternity, found in the heavenly homes, but that I'm not satisfied. Because the moment I turn out this road and walk... I see people and I see people who don't know Jesus yet, don't know His love, don't know His hope, don't know His security. But if I was to live just stoked or to live quenched, then I wouldn't care the way that God wants me to care. I wouldn't hunger for more the way God wants me to hunger. I wouldn't stretch the way I need to stretch. I wouldn't grow the way I need to grow. Come on, let's be unquenchable. Unquenchable so that we continually stay in a place of being faithful. Faithful, hunger, desire. Come on, we're going to have worship at the end of this. 
And I'm really believing that for many of us. Come on, there's just going to be a fresh hunger. I'm stoked. I'm stoked with what God's done at retreat. But the truth is, I'm not satisfied. Come on, He just started turning the tap on and I want that thing to flow like more. I want a river. I mean, it's nice. It's good pressure. It's good. Like it's that shower. That's kind of like, oh, that's good pressure. But there's more He wants to open up. There's more. The quee, the quee, the quee, the key to living unquenchable is to carry a vision that through you alone is simply unobtainable. The key to living unquenchable is to carry a vision that through you alone is simply unobtainable. We have a big vision as a campus. We have a big, big, we have a big vision. We have a big vision as a church. A big vision. A big vision. We have a big vision. Honestly, we have a big vision. Am I saying it right? Big vision? Yeah, you're not laughing at me for that reason? Yeah. In fact, I actually think there's a number of people here that over the different times I've said it, you haven't haven't had the opportunity to hear it. So I didn't read it this morning, but I'll read it now. We have a dream. When I wrote it, I said, I have a dream. But as I was re-looking at it as I've been preparing this week, I felt like God said, it's not just your dream, it's our dream. It's what I've called this church to be a part of. It's the culture and the DNA of who we're called to be. And so we have a dream. We have a dream that Life Melbourne would be a church that is full of faith and an anticipation to actively engage in everything God brings our way. Always ready to scale countless mountains, run at every giant while possessing an unwavering faith that consistently is relying on our God of the possible to overcome the impossible. We have a dream that life will be a multi-campus church across this city and even across this nation, reaching all ethnicities, a church that is authentic, relevant, real, and where people do not encounter religion, but the greatest relationship of all, Jesus Christ. A church known in its community for the hope that it has brought and the life that it has enabled through tangible transformation. We have a dream of wheelchairs being emptied on altars, diseases being defied, cancer being cured, which we have seen, by the way. And that the power and the presence of God would be so strong that sickness could not remain. Addictions will break, mental illness will be no longer, and generational bondages will be broken in the name of Jesus. We dream of a day where our church is big enough in love and overflowing in grace that we will welcome people from all walks of life and are first to see the God potential in people before identifying any failure or differences in people. We dream of a day where we are tangibly in the highways and the byways, caring, providing and resolving the needs of our city, rescuing those in prostitution, freeing those in debt and sheltering those who are displaced. We dream of a day where this building will be too small for what God is doing amongst the youth and the young adults who are passionately, creatively and innovatively engaging and releasing the generations to shine their light with the saltiness of God. I dream of the day. We dream of the day. We see a nightclub filled with young adults hearing the love of Jesus and falling to their knees as they have met the one they've always longed and desired to encounter. We dream of a day where we will have our own purpose-built, purpose-crafted facilities that are nothing short of absolutely God-breathed. A campus that is full of activity Sunday to Saturday. And that we would be a community hub that is a home for all. A campus that it declares the bigness and faithfulness of God. And love her or despise her, you will not be able to sidestep her. 
We dream of the day that our influence into the business community would see business people discovering the success, true, sorry, true success, significance and value and identity, whose marriages are healthy, whose kids feel loved, cherished, and they live out the true fullness of God and experience what His riches are. We dream of the day where not only do we have a number of life businesses resourcing our community vision, but those employed by those businesses are going to be people finding transformation from their past prior destructive lives. They'll be getting qualified in a society strengthening profession. And rather than the drug destruction they were raised in, they will find true value and true worth. I dream, we dream of elite sports people, world-recognized performers, and the kings and queens of our day walking into this campus and finding acceptance, value, and a place to belong purely on who they are rather than what they do. Then in discovering the full purpose of God, it will enable them to touch the world with far more than their natural gift and talent, but with the grace, peace, and love of Jesus Christ. I dream again of the day, we dream again of the day where we'll see the MCG at record capacity as the church unites together, setting aside their differences, but bearing their greatest common denominator, the name of Jesus, lifting up a praise that our city and our nation will not be able to ignore. I have a dream. We have a dream. Sorry. I need to go back and edit all of those eyes and make them wheeze. But we have a dream where the love of God will sweep over our city and nation so radically that regardless of people's religious affiliation, corrupt lifestyle, or perspective of Jesus that they have, that they are undone because they encounter a love so powerful, so real, that they can't help but surrender their hearts. Encounter the freedom and forgiveness and purpose that is only found in Jesus. We have a dream of a church where people never respond out of obligation, but faith-filled, spirit-willing, roused hearts that are constantly hungry for the expanding, extending and adorning of His bride. And to see every sphere and every generation impacted and changed with the reality of Jesus. We have a dream. We have a dream. We have a dream. I know it sounds like that's a lot and it's far from maybe where we stand right now. But I'm telling you, you want to stay unquenchable? Get a vision in your life that far exceeds what you could do on your own. That requires God and only God to do what only He can do as He would breathe upon and honour and just bless the way that you are living for Him. Dream big. Come on, is the size of your dreams as big as the size of your God? Dream big. Come on, young, amazing uni students that are here, dream big. Dream big. Do not let your lecturers tell you what you can and cannot be. Do not let them stifle out and tell you, oh, that'll never happen. Do not let someone with experience dampen. Come on, what you've experienced on the altar, what you've experienced in your prayer closet, what you've experienced when he's dropped something in his spirit. Dream big. Come on, parents that are here, let's dream big for our kids. Come on, let's dream beyond what we've ever thought possible. Let's dream beyond just a good education. Let's dream that they will truly help shape the globe. Let's dream big. Dream big. We have a big dream. We have a big dream. I'm telling you in this next few weeks, as we go and stretch into multiplied services and, and just extend what we're doing with our facilities, we need everybody and anybody to get on board. <laughs> Truth of it is, we need our teams to multiply. 
We've got some building works we're going to be doing. We're, we're, to all the mums who are listening, we love you. You're amazing. You're seen. You're noticed. But I just want to let you know the closet you're in uh, in three weeks' time isn't going to be there. Uh, you are going to be re- transported to what I think is one of the best rooms in the house. And uh, we're going to be uh, relocating to just next to the cafe where there's a big open space, four times the size. We're going to have a sleeping room. We're going to have a designated feeding area, a kitchenette. We're going to have an area that cherishes and values incredible parents who are doing an amazing job raising families. And, uh, And we need to do a lot of rebuild to make that possible. We're going to relocate our staff, what we call the dream team. And there's things that we need to do. We want to make our kids' area more secure and when it comes to check in, check out. And so we actually just need a team of people to say, you know what, I'm available to help where you need a hand. I know how to swing a hammer. I can roll a paintbrush. I could clean this. I could sweep up that. I can go and pick something up. And so we're actually going to have a couple of nights where we have working bees. And on the screen, there'll be an opportunity for you to be able to just snap a pick now or jump literally on it on your phones and, and say, you know what, I'm here to help out. When we landed in Melbourne, we landed on a Sunday afternoon. We shut the church and the location we're at that night. And the next week we opened here. We had open working bees every night of that week where people just flooded in and just got involved. And I tell you what, there's nothing like getting involved and building God's house and being practically helping to one, build relationship, but also feel like, you know what, this is my house. This is my church. This is my dream. This is what we breathe for. This is what we're believing for. And as you see the fruit of that take place, oh, it just is amazing. So on the screen there, you can see it. We've got teams that we'd love to fill Areas that we'd love to host people in a significant way. But we'd also love you just to be able to register your interest at lifeau.org forward slash get involved. And then as Aidan said, come to Next Steps. Seriously, come to Next Steps tonight. 45 minutes. Dinner together. But you're going to be able to just start to open the door of being able to engage in a fresh way. Put roots down a bit further. Let's live faithful. Come on, let's live faithful. I have literally another half a message and five minutes, 35 seconds. Real quickly, in 35 seconds, if we're going to live faithful, then we've got to stop or restrict or rule out the things that make us faithless. Number one, busyness. Busyness. It's a current modern uh, fashionable word of our day. What are you up to? Busy. How things been busy? So busy. And I, I get it. Life is full. But I, that's what I say. Life's full. But when we say we're busy, we pretty much say there's no room for anybody else. But I reckon that we need to be people that are consistently making room for the things that matter most, the things that are most interested in God's heart. Come on, the areas that we know that we're called to make an eternal difference in. Come on, I'm not saying that means then, oh, I feel guilty for working a lot and all that kind of stuff. No, there's seasons where we've got to work hard. If we're pioneering something, come on, it takes a lot of effort. I get all of that. We've got kids, a young family. I understand all of that. But come on, let's not be people who have priorities that are dictated by a whole lot of stuff that doesn't actually matter. Let's be people who are proactive in disciplining our lives that we would enable the priorities that we have. And let's not be too busy. Don't be too busy for the things of the kingdom. When we get to heaven, we're not going to be able to say, oh, God, I was just so busy. He's going to say, and with what? Where's the fruit of your busyness? Where are those people? Oh, it wasn't people. I really wanted to buy in that suburb. That's awesome. That's great. Nothing wrong with buying in a great suburb. But come on, let's not, let's not neg- like negate the internal things. Come on, the things that God's put on your life to bring kingdom impact. Don't negate those things. Engage them both corporately and kingdom-wise as well. Inactivity. Come on, get active. Seriously, inactivity will re- re- enable you to be faithless. 
Seriously, get active, get full in what God has done. In the same way, faith by itself, if not accompanied by actions, is dead. That's Bible. That's not me. That's Bible. Number three, I believe if we're going to be faithful, then we must ensure that we do not have a victim mentality. Do not have a victim mindset. Come on, this, there's, there's literally a trend of our day. I believe a cancerous disease of our current culture that just wants to place the word, I'm a victim. Oh, that didn't work out. Oh, because I'm this. Oh, because this happened to me. Oh, because I'm from that um, you know, demographic. Oh, because I grew up there. Oh, because of this and because of that. And things are going to be challenging our lives, but do not act like a victim. Do not take on a victim mentality. Come on, we are called to be more than conquerors, not in our strength and not because everything's easy, but because Christ is in us, living through us and enabling us to, while we may be shaken, that we are still founded in the unshakable. Come on, and because our identity and worth is not based in that stuff, then therefore it shouldn't shake us the way that others may be shaken. And we don't have to blame this and blame that. That's not fair. That's unjust. No. Yes, life's tough. It's hard. And things aren't going to always go away, but please don't be a victim. Please don't blame something else. Come on, just look for an opportunity for God to move, for God to speak, for God to allow your light to shine bright in an area that seems like it's getting dimmer. Because when things get darker, light always gets brighter. Let's shine bright. And the last thing, number four, is familiarity. Familiarity is always going to rob faith. Familiarity breeds actually unbelief. It breeds unbelief. And Jesus in his hometown could do very little because he was simply Joe's son. Isn't that the carpenter? Isn't that Joseph's boy? Isn't he a local? And Jesus was restricted in what he did because they were so familiar. Let's not be familiar. Come on, let's not take it for granted. Team, why don't you come and join me? Let's be people who constantly stay on edge of a hunger and the pursuit of God's presence. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Life. If you have any questions or want to contact someone about this message, visit lifeau.org.